1: pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins, I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks.
0: I'm Doug Mateus, uh the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions, and the last job I had, I was privileged and, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year on year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team, and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing, so we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media.
1: Yep, that's right, Doc. All things- Welcome to the Doc and Guru podcast today. Uh, great to have you back. Thanks for all the support uh, over the, the year. It seems crazy to reflect uh, on the fact that we're uh, we're almost facing the back end of the year. But today we've got with us uh, Wayne Bischoff, uh, the CEO of MediaMark. Uh, MediaMark has, for many years, established itself as a leading audio and digital solutions company, representing some of uh, South Africa's most recognizable radio stations. Uh, including Jacaranda, East Coast Radio, and Kaya. So, uh, MediaMark Mark, uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne Bishop, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you on uh, the Doc and Guru podcast.
2: Great to be here, finally, uh, Gordon. I'm yeah, excited to get on here for a while. So, yeah, next time I want to be with you in studio, though.
1: I think so. we are going to try and do that, but uh, we uh, we cope with the uh, the frailties of modern communication. I say your voice has a has a delightful lyrical electronic, uh, yeah, sort of timbre to it. If that's the correct word. Uh, so Wayne, just well, uh, a couple audio
2: of audio branding.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. I think so. You know, I, I need to sit with some of your team and, and take notes uh, on on the technical side of recording. It's uh, this is. Uh, my torment is sitting here trying to push buttons and think and talk at the same time and look fabulous. How do I look as a matter of interest on the on the visual?
2: You look magnificent. The hair looks magnificent. Excellent. Well.
1: Got to, Excellent. That's fantastic. <laughs> we'll have you. We'll have you back next week. Uh, but Wayne, just to give us give us a bit of background on on media mark where they are in the market. Uh, so I know there's been a, a broadening of the offering way beyond radio into the the total digital audio. Uh, Kind of landscape. Talk
2: to us a little bit about that. So, very briefly, Media Market 25 years old this year. You know, we started off as a, a purely radio sales house representing all the new Greenfields licenses plus uh, Kahiso media brands. I mean, RadMark, Radmark back in its day helped launch everything from YFM to even the privatized KFM. You know, so we have reputations of taking and growing and, and, and uh, you know, powerful radio brands. Um, the last sort of two years or so, or three years, I'd say, we've re- we've morphed into being, I mean, this radio sales house with a digital sales team and a TV and an events and everything in pretty much silos. And we've pretty much, you know, um, I suppose, consolidated into an audio and digital solutions house, which is our radio stations, which are now, we talk about our audio brands. And that's because they've been branched out into everything beyond FM, They're podcasting, digital audio, streaming. Um, first party data, it's, it's brought way beyond just what it was. Then we have our, our digital team, which is morphing and becoming more hybrid into the audio team. So now we we, we represent some of the largest uh, um, I suppose, radio audience um, um, uh, network in, in, in the country. I'm leaving out SABC because I'm a public service broadcaster. Uh, we're sitting with 3.2 million from our commercial stations. And now with our new community radio offering, it takes us to over 4 million in terms of an audience so we're very much we pretty much focused into what we're good at you know and we're doing the, the main the main thing as as it were and leaving out all the bits and bobs and if anything comes away which we you know which we collaborate with uh which makes sense us so we'll look at it but we're sticking to where to where to our expertise and our knowledge
1: and you've got a great team with, as you say, 25 years of experience in this space and, and innovation, which is fantastic. Now, you, you mentioned uh, Kheiser Media, and uh, to a large degree, it's it's the ethos of the Kheiser Trust, Kahisa Media, that has a bearing on our topic of conversation today, which is the launch of your ComVibe community radio initiative. Uh, ultimately, since the inception of the He's so a trust. The mandate really has been to uplift and empower disadvantaged communities. So, just tell us a bit about the trust and and where it fits in and how it drives, in particular, the Comrade Community Radio Initiative, which we're going to be talking about this morning.
2: Yes, as you know, the trust was set up some thirty years ago by by you know the, the Reverend uh, Reverend Bayes Nadeer and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and you know. They branched out, and that's, that's our core shareholder, along with, with other shareholders. They've, we're part of Kikiso Media, which is, which is part of Kikiso Tiso Group. But it's, everything's about trust and giving back. So we know that a huge amount of the, the money that we generate goes back to helping communities. That's almost in the, built into the DNA of, of the organization. So with the ComVibe initiative, we've always tried to see where can we give back in terms of community uh, projects, community um, uh, platforms, and media. We've been involved for for many years now with the um, with uh, the Bits Radio Academy, which is the, the voice of Bits, which is community radio, in training, upskilling, educating, taking interns, and we've helped with uh, some you know community radio, uh, community TV projects in the past. We've always had a, a a wish and desire, so it made sense when we could finally get to it to. See, can we take an offering of, of community radio stations in the in the Western Cape, which is the most, I suppose, advanced um, um area where community radio has taken off and it's it's got deep roots in those in those areas. And see how can we assist them? Assist them on the one hand through through monetizing them because there have been issues about uh, about trust and clients are willing to advertise through them through concern about our uh, um has being flighted. Um, can I trust that they're being flighted? Is the money that I'm giving getting back to the stations or not? There have been a lot of trust issues. But what we bring with is through Cahiso Media and ourselves, you know, 25 years of reputation. We're making sure that if, whatever we do to, uh, you know, to uplift these, these stations, whatever we can do for the ad industry is that you book through us. You, you know and you trust you're going to get the audience that you're buying. You're also going to get proof of broadcast. And the stations are going to get their cash at the end of the day. And through that, we're going to do a lot more things like training and things like that going down the line to assist them. So it's the first leg of it. And if it really works out well, which we know it will, and we've already got some traction, we look to obviously roll this out uh, nationally down, down the line.
1: I mean, it, it's a wonderful concept. And and you raise the, the critical point of trust, you know, uh, on all all the way through the funnel from the avatars trusting that the, the spot appears as uh as prescribed and 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 the media owners themselves the end point actually receiving money for the transaction which i think is has been problematic in the past so i think i think it's a wonderful testimony to the to the ethos of the trust uh that you know everybody's buying into uh the upside of it and uh you know i think you know, many of our listeners will be aware that you know if they follow me on twitter or, or have listened to the documentary podcast that i've got a passion for community radio so i'm really excited to have played a small part uh in this initiative, but let's just loop back. So, I mean, the concept is signed. We're aggregating audiences to community radio stations and giving all the hygiene factor boxes the correct tick. But just let's take one step back. Why the Western Cape? It, it's an incredibly complicated market. Um, why why there? Why not something easier?
2: Yeah, you're you're right. Why are they not something easy? I think we know that uh, there's some re- a lot of stats and research done. I know you've seen some of this and you've been part of it as well. In terms of um, national delivery of, of, of TV, especially, there's an underdelivery in 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 the Western Cape in terms of GRPs. There's a lot of fluctuations down there. There's a lot of issues around um, sampling sizes in the Western Cape and the Eastern Cape that have uh, that have I think scared some advertisers off. Um, and it's a market that that is probably the second largest market after Gauteng. After so we haven't had a strong base, uh, you know, for, for in Western Cape as, as MediaMark, a Hisa group, you know, b- besides our, some of our shareholding through one of the local uh, radio commercial stations there. But, you know, the, the market is quite developed terms the community radio, so they're keen to, to, to try those with us. It was easier to get through a great deal of eight, nine, 10 community stations. And to, uh, to, to basically offer, offer a national footprint from a media market point of view. You know, so that's where we started from. We went through a whole process of getting them on board, showing what we can do for them. And they, the, the guys at these stations were led forward to say, how can we work with you? How can we make this happen? So they've been very bullish and very, very keen to work with us. And, you know, we started to see some early traction already, which I think, you know, is going to be amazing for, for community radio as a whole. And hopefully we'll build some more trust for all community radio because it's an area that has been really under-resourced, it's been underfunded, the advertisers have stayed clear of it to a large extent, and there's a way around it that we're putting together and to make sure people can trust it, spend with it and get the results from this, these hyper-local communities, and I think the, the relevance and the context that it brings to advertisers you know, and the response they're going to get from communities where there's huge trust uh, in their local, hyper-local radio stations effectively.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you, you've raised so many important points there, but for me what, what's exciting is the fact that we have a virtuous circle. Um, you know, we have had uh, uh, you know, quite uh, scary rates at times on radio um, over the years, uh, if, if I look at it. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> if you don't broaden the investment base, then the same stations will be the recipients of, of the same level of investment. So I think a broadening of the base is in the best interest of everybody from an advertising perspective, uh, that we don't sort of fuel the demand-driven inflation. Um, but more importantly for me, you, you've talked about you know, the hyper-local stations, the importance of the community connection. We're going into a very volatile period of elections, and the the, the presence of a, of a robust, agile, and functional community radio sector for me is is absolutely paramount that we have that in place uh, yeah, because that's a major contributor to communication and environment democracy. So the fact that you're getting some advertisers already, you mentioned a few off-air, won't, I won't talk about that at this point, but uh, it's exciting to know that people are, are responding to the reassurance of the campaign. Um, we've addressed the issue of, uh, you know, functional shortcomings and, and and you've got software in place that's going to be able to track uh, and, and report on ads booked and flighted. Just, just tell us a bit about the back end of that.
2: So a little bit about the back, and first of all, I mean I, I failed to mention the sort of numbers that we're getting to. there's you know there's nearly 900 thousand uh, um, combined aggregated audience in the Western Cape. and we've broken them, these offers into you know several SEM segments that, that advertisers buy into. But I think what's important mentioning is we talk, sorry, talk about proof of broadcast. We partnered with media hosts. media hosts provide proof of broadcast through through us to the to the advertisers and the marketers to prove that your ads were flighted and where they were flighted. We've made sure that we put these packages uh, onto onto both Telmar and Nielsen's uh, uh, tools, buying tools. So it's easy, as a it's a simple kind of one stop shop to just press the button and and buy your audience, uh, buy your audiences on across these, these these uh community stations. So that's the simplicity of it. It's a one stop shop. The proof of broadcast, the guaranteed payment to stations is one that is it's really really important because I don't think marketers realize how much. Over the years, how many uh, uh stations had not received their money uh sometimes completely or otherwise very, very late, many months later, which hurts them. We guarantee payment uh, very shortly uh, uh after we get paid by the by the, the agencies or the, or the or the advertisers. That's something we guarantee actually to all our, our brands that we represent. So we're offering low low CPTs, very low duplication. I think that's one thing to stress is that the duplication with the big commercial stations is, is, is low. And as you said, rightfully so, with elections coming up, you know, community radio is vital for democracy. It's where decisions are made. It's where the, the people on air um, represent the actual real interests, whether it's where people live in terms of common interests or belief systems. They represent those interests very locally. So what those communities think and say is going to make a big difference to, to who they're going to vote for. So I think it is critically important that that, that those stations are able to debate the issues of the day, of what's happening in their own communities. All our all the rest of our regional stations are are regional, so they it's not they they don't get down to hyper local level, except maybe through digital audio, but uh, that community radio can. So yeah. it's in all our interest to grow these stations, and from those stations you get all the all the amazing talent that comes through the ranks. Eventually ends up in the big commercial stations anyway. So this is where. We grow a whole new crop of amazing, amazing talent.
0: You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media.
1: And, and there's some amazing voice talent out there. Uh, and it's it's really encouraging because if we want to transform the uh, the media industry, and we do, uh, we, we need to dip beyond the big metropolitan bowls and start sourcing talent right across the country, uh, across all cultures, across okay. all genders, so that we have a, a, a rich cultural mix uh, in the audio space. Just you know, on that rich okay. uh, sort of mix as well, um, you know, we, we, we addressed in the presentation we did on the Roadshow a week or two back, the the issue of, of, of nuance and how, how vital it is for, for for advertisers to invest in the nuance of that community rather than just having one thirty-second commercial which is lighted multilaterally across everything. And uh, I won't go into the obvious uh, one, which is part of the presentation I did. But talk to us about you know how, how from a creative perspective, how do you tap into cultural nuance like
2: that? You know, I think what what brands need to do that, that you know you've got to move away from the one as you know the, the one size fits all approach. Uh, it 's always been an issue across across our our, our radio brands here, but but tapping to and finding out from the actual from us and from the stations what their community needs what are their, their their trigger points We have a lot of first party data for our big commercial stations, which helps us tap into exactly what those audiences need we don 't have that necessarily yet from our community radio stations, but if you just speak to the station managers and the people on there uh, you 'll pick it up so quickly about exactly how those those people uh, what they, what they think they their passions, their their likes, their dislikes, and uh, what's concerning them. And to just take that tone and, and bring it into to whatever, whatever creative um, you know, we can, we can, we can look at. And just to touch on that, you know, there was a research study I saw at ECTA, and ECTA is the big European-based TV and radio broadcast group that we are members of. Uh, there's a couple of years back just before COVID uh, lockdown. There's a company called Veritonic. From Veritonic do audio, uh, it's an audio intelligence platform where you kind of just bluntly feed your ads into it, just spits it out and tells you this will work, that won't work, your tone's wrong, your messaging is the wrong place. And through all their research, the most important part, the important element that drives ROI for an ad campaign is creative. It's more important than reach, more important than brand, than than, than frequency, than everything else. The most important element, I think, was nearly 50%. Was, our, was due to the creative. And we know that, and we've seen that in the past. The best radio ads work exceptionally well. Sonic triggers, jingles. But, you know, I think that's something we all have to drive as an, as an audio community and radio community is to drive the importance of great creative that speaks to your audience. It works, we know it works. And when it's, when it's, when it's not thought about, as an afterthought, you know, then sometimes like, oh, radio doesn't work. No, no, radio works exceptionally well. But the messaging is something that has to be looked at. And that's something I think we all need to drive hard, and that goes right down to understanding your your audiences that that you're reaching and targeting, and and paying respect and being respectful of them and their needs and 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 how they like to be communicated with.
1: Yeah, you've raised so many important points there, um, and just one of the issues which really intrigued me in working uh, on the background for for this uh, for this project was the issue of sonic triggers. Uh, uh, I've, I've recently completed the. Uh, Thinkbox TV Masters course, which I would recommend anybody out there who's listening to do. It's free, and I think the new co- uh, course starts now in September, um, where they they look at ironically the contribution of radio and and sonic triggers to enhancing the the ad stock of your of your television campaigns. That with the advent of multi-screening, not everybody is locked in the screen. We understand that, uh, but one of the upsides of that is that. At least people who are multi-screening while they're watching your TV commercial are in the same room. So what you require is, is some kind of uh, trigger device to get me off my alternative screen back on screen to see your TV commercial. And research shows that one of the most critical points or catalytic points is the sonic trigger. And there's a growing body of evidence to suggest that when you use radio in conjunction with television, over and above audience and reach and numbers, you actually enhance the comprehension, the noting, the liking of of TV commercial, which I think is a fantastic benefit uh, that has grown out of this understanding of multi-channel media mixes. And Cantor was one of the studies I had a look at. They did a, a fabulous uh, report last year in a presentation, uh, on a mastership, media master shift, where 34% of the of, of the sort of positive benefits of multi of, of media uh, performance come from multi-channeling, which I think is a really important uh, important issue.
2: I completely agree with that. I mean, we talk about the you know, the amplifier effect. There's a lot of research around the amplifier effect of radio, and it's, it's absolutely true. You know, you see on TV, then you then you hear it, and it reflects, and then it takes you down that funnel. Now I know about you. Can I find you? That's the web. they will find you? Can I trust you? You know, if I, that, that's reputation. If I trust you, you know, can I engage with you? What, what does social media say? That full feedback loop. back That's that yeah. all part of it, that multiplier effect. So it's critical.
1: Yeah, it's critical. And I think you know, what's, what's important is that we just unpack that slightly because the, the, one of the primary contributions of the COMVAT packages, and I'm going to ask you just to talk very briefly about some of the stations involved, is obviously that you fill the gap there's this historical and ongoing uh, under-delivery by television into the Western Cape, which is very intriguing. There, there's a temptation to say, well, it's, it's statistical, it's numbers, but it's not. It's just symptomatic of a complex viewing market down there. So the combined package will make up the numbers, but more importantly, it will also enhance the comprehension. Uh, against those numbers uh, and the and the noting of your commercial, so that that's really critical that we get into that space. So just loop back. Sorry, I, I should have maybe spoken about yeah. this a bit earlier. What are some of the stations that are involved? Some of them are recognizable and and well known. Others lesser, and that's the beauty that even the small ones get to play with the bigger ones. Well,
2: that's the whole the whole bit. I mean, often you know, if, if I as a marketer know two community stations down there because they have loud voices and they have maybe a bit more money in the communities they come from i know them so i keep spending my, my little bit of cash on them to say i'm supporting community radio but we've got a we've got a host station they include on um, ccfm eden fine music radio uh tigerberg i know there's even has been in there uh it's voice of the cape there's heartbeat so it's all your key uh, your key stations down there and that gives us an audience that you know nearly nine hundred thousand. and and there's very little duplication at all between them because these are community stations that you listen to for a reason. Either because common interest, whether it's religion, whether it's uh, where you live, or, with the, or the music style and taste. So, you know, often, and they all get a piece of the pie. They all get an equal, equal piece of the pie according to their audiences. So, you know, it, it's helping the biggest guys, part of a natural buy, uh, and it's helping the smaller guys get onto the schedule, basically, and helping grow them.
1: Yeah, and at what uh, surprised me was that very point that you raised. There was the the the, the low duplication. Although I shouldn't have been surprised, because it's entirely logical. You know, you wouldn't be listening across communities, but collectively, uh, the combat community packages have something like a <clears throat> almost like almost one in three. Radio listeners in the Western Cape who also watch television are common vibe listeners. So it's it's a very high share of ear, uh, which I which I was quite impressed by. Yeah, so I think just, the
2: Western Cape, as I said, has always been more has always been more uh, um, you know community radio focused and one of the early adopters of
1: community radio. Yeah. So, just as we sort of wrap up now, um, a couple of questions, functional questions. Uh, The presentation that that we did is, I think, going to be made available on the MediaMark website. Uh, So, all of the stuff and all the numbers we talked about should be there. Okay. So, we'll stick a link out with this podcast. All of it. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right.
1: So, if you want the numbers in the background, uh, please just go to the MediaMark website and the presentation, the PowerPoint presentation and the numbers will be there for you. And then just uh, in terms of contact, it's your uh, normal media mark sales execs have been, uh, how, do, how do I speak to somebody within media market?
2: Well, the easiest, easiest way is obviously, you're, uh, hopefully, you know, people will know their, their contacts over here. If not, they can hit us through the, directly through the website, through our social media platforms, through Instagram, through LinkedIn, through Facebook. We, we're all over the place. And I'm eas- easily available, as everyone knows. And I think most people seem to have my, my, my phone number. So, you yeah, call me directly yeah. or WhatsApp me directly, and I'll put you in touch with the right people. Yeah, because I'm passionate personally about this, this project and, and, and seeing it succeed on all levels.
1: So the English teacher and me can't help correcting uh, you on one point. You're, you're richly and widely dispersed uh, when I'm all over the place. That's the difference between the two of us, uh, particularly when it comes to recording this alone in my, my working from home office. Um, but yeah, look, I, I I just say to to all the team out there and all the people who participated and, and fed questions into the mix, uh, it was really exciting. I, I see this as a a wonderful uh, step in a new direction. More collaboration across the the, the media industry. It's got to be good for everybody. Less fragmentation. So I, I'm I'm really excited to be part uh, part and parcel of that. Any final wrap up words for for the listeners out there? Just generally about the state hey, of radio as a whole.
2: Yeah, I think radio in, is in a strong place. And, you know, over COVID, we, we found the, the research we did show that you know, we maintained listenership. People, in fact, came back to radio in a bigger way. Trust has increased with radio because there's been this massive, you know, uh, um, lack of trust throughout the world, in fact, with media. And I think people come back to radio uh, as a whole for, as a trustworthy place. You can trust the brand. You trust your presenters on there. You trust the information you're getting from the radio stations. And that even more so when you get down to community radio level. So I think the, the trust factor is something that was I think has been overlooked in the past. And if you trust the brand that you're listening to the radio station you're listening to, you trust the ads more, there's more ad response for the, for the market at the end of the day, it's as, as simple as that.
1: Oh, well, absolutely. And I think one of the points we, we discussed in that presentation was the over-reliance on benchmarking against North American and, and Western European norms. So, level of trust in North America and West Europe for radio or advertising on radio is is pretty low. It's about twenty two percent in Africa and South Africa. Not surprisingly, given the the, the construct of the market, uh, it's twice that uh, level. And something like eighty percent that is complete trust eighty percent of of South Africans completely trust or somewhat trust trust traditional radio, which I think is. Intuitively, what I would have expected in, in Africa, we're not North America. We're not Western Europe, and we should really not allow ourselves to be dictated by those norms. And coming back to the ad response, what we see is that, you know, relative to, uh, untrusted media and untrusted media are aggregated. Now, now I shouldn't be saying this on your show. Uh, you know, there's a lot of distrust in the social media space. And I know you've got social media platforms. So, If we look at response to to advertising, traditional media like radio versus social media, the response rate is twice as high. And if we looked at one thing which I found very interesting in uh, the Nielsen Trust and Advertising database, community radio stations are twice as likely to respond to live events from a radio station uh, if if it's community-based. And that, too, I think is intuitively what one would expect—the closer to home, the more likely I am to to rely on the trust. We saw that in the Edelman Trust Barometer that the uh, the trust uh, global trust is is shrinking. You know, almost two out of every three people around the world say that distrust is their default position. So it, it's entirely consistent with global patterns that our trust bubble is shrinking. I trust myself, I trust my family, and I trust my next door neighbour and the community I live in
2: yeah absolutely I, you know that's that circle of trust is is, is more local now um, and i think just with social media i totally agree with you that social media is a place with the the lowest levels of trust you know where we use it uh for our, our radio brands have social media presence with jacaranda kaya or, or east coast radio and when or east coast are putting out a messaging or posts on social media that's trusted because it's still coming from the station they're just using the platform of social media of course, correct. the problem is that there's still a significant minority of people who tend to believe things they see in social media, as we know over the last few years, which is quite terrifying. But thank God there seems to be a smaller and smaller minority. And yeah. hopefully they'll become more and more <laughs> irrelevant.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a very important uh, point, which, which you're quite correct to have raised, that if I'm off a trusted platform like a Jacaranda or or whatever the case may be, Uh, and using social media that derive from that platform. It's the platform itself that is the the portal of of trust. You know, I think in the presentation, I talked about one of my favorite metaphors being the Stargate. You might remember the television series or the movie initially, (laughs) and the Stargate was a portal that you entered, and through the portal you entered into another world. And I think that, for me, is the way I view community stations. If you're viewing it purely in terms of, and audience, and yes, these aggregated numbers of 900 or 1,000 are impressive, but it's the role of those numbers as a portal into the community in which I want to engage that that's the real offering at the end of the day. Oh,
2: absolutely. Perfectly said, Gordon.
1: Well, Wayne, thanks once again for the time. Thanks for involving me in the project. Um, to the listeners, thanks for uh, for joining us. If you have any questions, please direct them uh, to the Doc and Guru podcast. If you do want to get hold of the information, check it out on the, the MediaMark website. The presentation's there. And thank you for all of those who've uh, phoned in out of concern and writing about my marriage to the doc. I can assure you our marriage is well. Um, we're just having holidays in different places. I've been on the top of Sony Pass and he's in Cape Town. So we're alive and well and still romantically and intellectually entwined. So once again, thanks
2: for the time, Wayne. Really appreciate you being with us this afternoon. Thanks, Gordon. Really
0: appreciate it. Cheers. And so there was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mateusz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring
1: that into the show. Thanks, Doc, and it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media, and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo, and we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by
0: Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.